let's talk some stocks going straight to Shana Sissel, Chief Investment Officer at Spotlight Asset Group. Shana, let's first talk about what's not working in this market and then some of the stuff that is. We saw a big reckoning over the last three weeks for some of these growth trades, tech companies that did well. Is there time up or is it time to buy this dip? Well, I'm, I'm a buy the dip kind of gal. I think the long-term trends uh, for growth are positive for technology stocks. I do think rates rising requires almost a re-rating of stocks from an equity risk premium perspective, right? Because now you have to change uh, part of your formula to adjust for the higher um, yield. So if valuations are, are at a premium, uh, you know, those stocks look even more expensive. And so you got to bring them down in order for them to to make sense in terms of um, what your expected returns are. But um, I do think that there's opportunity to buy this dip, although I'm not sure I would want to do it at uh, the expense of, of the rotation to the pro-cyclicals and to small caps. Okay, so you're saying stick with some of the rotationary economic recovery plays. Uh, if you've got cash, maybe, and you feel good about uh, the tech part, then go in there still. I mean, what about within that category? Because there are some delineations here. I mean, Google's doing all right. Chip makers are kind of hanging in there. But there's this spectrum where then, okay, cloud's a little worse, those expensive stocks, to your point about re-rating. And then there's ARC stuff and the very exciting futuristic tech. And then, like, way at the bottom are IPOs. SPACs and some of the other things. So are there untouchables in this market at this point or is anything uh, reasonable if it's gotten slammed? Um, I'm going to look for the things that have positive long-term trends. I, I mean, there's some stuff in the ARC portfolio that would kind of fall into that bucket. Um, but, you know, something like NVIDIA, right? So this is one of my favorite stocks and has been for years. And I've always said if it pulled back 20%, I would be a buyer. And that happened. So, you know, that's a stock that I would jump in on a correction. And one of my other favorites that we've talked about in the past is um, Marvel. Marvel Technologies, which really benefits from the shift to 5G. That stock was down well over 20%. As a matter of fact, I think it's still down double digits, even with the rebound today. That's another stock I might look at. But earlier today, you saw names uh, that are more pro-cyclical that also were off huge, like Jets, we've talked about Jets over and over mm -hmm. again. At one point today, it was down 6.5%, it was like $8. Uh, that would have been an opportunity. It's that whole buy the dip philosophy. These companies and these these ETFs are good ETFs in the long term. If you believe that, if you believe the long-term trends are favorable, it doesn't change anything other than the fact that now it's cheaper and it's a better opportunity to buy. Now, I look at the notes on how you've uh, shifted the way you construct your own portfolio's tech growth exposure, you say is roughly around equal weight with the market, which you brought down a little bit, value and cyclical stuff there. So when you say NVIDIA, is this at the expense of maybe a different growth company? You go, okay, you know what? That one ran its course. This is the one I really want. It doesn't pull back like this. Let me go after it. And by the way, I like the dip call on NVIDIA because this chart is looking pretty scary, Shana. Yes, and and you know in our portfolios we've been very heavy um, in our allocation to growth through the end of the year, and we started to change that and and just put more value in the portfolio. We thought the risk in growth 
across the board was high. We still thought the long-term trends were favorable, but it was expensive and we had a lot of it in our portfolios. So just from a risk standpoint, it made sense to pull it back. It's been advantageous for us, obviously, having brought that back and brought up our value exposure and what amounted to almost perfect timing. And we've also been overweight small caps as well. So that's really helped our portfolios, but we have been cognizant of risk. You and I have talked about this multiple times. We've always been very aware of the risk we're taking in our portfolio and tried to mitigate that using you know, some uh, alternative beta, liquid alternative kind of things to manage risk. And so we've allowed you know, to take off some of that risk management in favor of say value or you know, emerging markets we had a huge overweight with and now we wanna maybe add a little bit to uh, developed markets. So we take our emerging markets down. Mm. It's just selling winners and uh, putting it in places where it's advantageous and more attractive, um, but not necessarily that we don't believe that growth or technology is long-term going to be positive. And in a rising rate environment, if you look back over time, technology is the top performing sector. Now, part of that is skewed because in the 99 time period, you know, it, it was 80% returns. But overall, in a rising rate environment, technology and discretionary are the best performing sectors. And so we need to be cognizant of that as well. Growth also does better in a rising rate environment as does small caps and mid caps. So all of these things need to be considered when we look at this economic rebound and what comes next. Here's the hang up that I see, Shannon, the last point here as we go into the closing bell is, is kind of from this flows dynamic because there's so much good evidence that you point out here that historically these relationships shouldn't be problematic right now with rates or the themes that work. But when we've been talking over the last couple months, you've liked growth, the value rotation's part of it. We want to be part of that, but we want to hang on to the growth. Now it's a message of, hey, we're buying stocks like NVIDIA on dips, but overall the growth in tech is now basically market neutral. So that marginal shift that you've made, if everybody else is making that, then are we looking at trend change in price where buying the dips may not work unless there's some point where everybody goes, you know what, actually we're gonna up our growth exposure. Yeah, but keep in mind, inflection points, this always happens, right? When you think about when we hit inflection points, anything that's momentum driven does really badly, but not permanently. Uh, these things just are rotational. It doesn't mean necessarily that other things are going to do badly 18 months from now. And we're not thinking about like tomorrow, we're thinking about longer term. So it's an opportunity. Long-term trends are favorable for growth stocks. We're going to probably have very high GDP growth in the first and second quarter, you know, seven, eight percent in the first quarter, potentially, you know, up that high in the second quarter. That's unusual. That's favorable for these pro-cyclicals. But once we return to sort of a mid-cycle market, uh, that is, again, going to be advantageous for growth, which do better in a slow and low growth environment. Shana, the uh, market right now, I kind of want to get your macro thought here along the lines of what we talked about with Larry with bonds is this uh, surprise for, you know, whatever reason, I know people will debate, okay, what should one have expected from Powell? What should he do all that? If we just forget that for a moment, we've seen the market reaction after his language. Is it possible that the new fight the Fed may be to sell the rips instead of buying the dips? We were talking bonds, but what about stocks? Is there potential here then that these Fed events may not be as supportive as they were in the past? I think it depends on what you think is supportive. The Fed is 
telling us that they're going to um, stay lower for longer, that they're going to let inflation run a little hot, and that they're going to focus on employment. So they're going to stay supportive from a monetary perspective. The market doesn't love that. They're a little concerned about inflation. They don't want the market to run too hot because that tends to have bad outcomes. And so the market's kind of, you know, forcing the Fed's hand and, 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 and doing things in an effort to try to get the Feds to act. That had worked in the last few years. Markets' reaction to Fed uh, language had forced the Fed to do things. I'm not sure it's going to work this time, um, but I, I just don't think of it in the short term. Like, what's the Fed going to do tomorrow? These are all buying opportunities, in my view, and and I think that that's what I'm would be focusing on as an investor. Okay. Is what opportunities these give us, and try not to read the tea leaves as much because we're wrong way more than we're right when we try to predict the future. All right. S&P's up 2%. For anyone who was predicting a down day, got it wrong this time. Shana, thanks for the thoughts here. And the closing bell on a Friday. Appreciate it as always. Shana Sissel, CIO at Asset Spotlight Group.